0: everyone and welcome back to another episode of Inside Battlefield. My name is Tom, Community Manager at Battlefield. And last week we sat down with the narrative team to talk narrative and story for 2042. And we had some questions if we could uh, also maybe do a little Q&A section. So that's what we're doing today. So back or technically still sitting here (laughs) with me are Michael and Joe. Um, So folks, welcome again.
1: We're happy to be back.
0: Yes, thank you. How is it going today?
1: It's about <laughs> the same as last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah uh, <laughs> it's going pretty, yeah. Feeling same. good.
0: Feeling good. Um, so Thanks
1: for these questions,
0: yeah. So, so welcome back. Um, for folks who missed last week's episode or don't know you, could you please give a quick introduction about yourself and what you
2: do here at Dice? Yeah, I am Michael. I am an Associate Narrative Design Director here at DICE, and I was the Narrative Lead for 2042's Year One.
1: And my name is Joe. I was a Narrative Writer on Year One of Battlefield 2042, and I am the Narrative Lead on Everything After Year One.
0: Awesome. Welcome back. And first... Shout out to the Exodus Archives. So we've been in touch with them over the past week. Um, they were very excited to know that narrative podcast was coming. So leading up to us recording this podcast, we had a little bit of a discussion with them where they asked us if we could talk or answer some of their questions. And uh, I think both of yeah. you were excited. I,
1: I just I just want to say, like, Exodus Archives is just one of the coolest things. I And I, I might be incredibly biased... <laughs> <laughs> um, considering what i do for every day but like just seeing that thing pop up and grow and evolve over time like it, it's so cool like it's so cool to see the engagement there like it's it's, yeah. it's it's
2: special it's exciting we've watched it since before it launched as they were talking about launching it and i think it's been it's been a source of energy for this team definitely just the excitement from that community it does a lot for us i love it
0: I think it's also why we're so excited to talk about here today as well yeah. on the podcast. Um, so shout out to the Exodus Archives and everybody else in the Battlefield community that just loves narrative stories. Um, we're very excited to talk about that today. However, I digress. Q and A. Oh so boy, we we have some questions. We're just going to go through them. Just a few, I'm sure. Just a few. Like I'm not going to count them because there are a ton. Oh my god. So whenever we do a Q and A, I do want to. Give a small heads up that there are obviously some questions we cannot answer. We don't want to give any spoilers. We don't necessarily want to talk about the future of the story or even what goes on beyond 2042.
1: Really, we can't use this to just spoil everything.
0: Sorry, mm. like, <laughs> like, it would make you know. like our job so much faster. It, it,
1: re- it really would.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> just tell people what the story is. <laughs> just, just, just tell them. Uh, so let's let's just dive into the first question. So. Was reclaimed, and please excuse me if I don't pronounce this correctly, Zlin, Czechia, always on the radar since the beginning of season one? Or did it consequently, consequently narrow in on that location in the end?
2: We definitely narrowed in on that location. Uh, part of the, the journey of choosing a location for a map is looking at what art is pitching. Uh, So in that example, you have a bit of a biome and you have a point of interest in the map. So we had a rail yard and we had uh, some vegetation. Uh, And this is where I get to have a lot of fun uh, and open up Google Maps and start trying to find something that fits within the lore that takes those assets. Uh, So I spent a lot of time effectively – doing my own version of GeoGesser, where I traveled through <laughs> Europe to find a location that made sense based on our lore of course we knew it was going to happen in the EU that was a that was a big thing for us uh but finding a really interesting place to put it was the challenge and so I spent a lot of time walking the rails because of course the train yard is a very important part of that map uh and Zleen just fit the bill perfectly. It was a really an interesting region. I want to go there someday now. My my travel plans in, include Czechia for sure.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, how does the narrative team go about deciding the location and place for the next map? And how close do the different departments work to achieve a common goal in this? And you touched upon it a little bit right mm-hmm. now in the previous question, but maybe can expand on that.
2: Yeah, we always have pitches. So <laughs> I have a board of every map in the game, and we try not to go to the same place too often. Of course, we've hit Europe another t- a number of times, but that's because Europe is a source of so many of our characters and a source of so much of the drama of 2042. Uh, and so, once we're in a region, we basically pitch what sounds what sounds interesting, what sounds interesting interesting to us as a narrative team what works for the creative leads team uh and we try to find a middle ground with a lot of uh of photography reference like here is all these things that make this location feel appropriate
1: It, it you know it very much becomes about like you know like you said working with the other teams seeing also what you know what inspires the art team the level teams where we can find different inspiration within them and kind of, you know, collaborating and bringing the package together into into, into a map.
2: Mm. It's one of those, it's a situation that we talked about earlier is just grabbing those opportunities. So we kind of know what we want to do uh, narratively for that season and then figuring out where to do it is one of the challenges and making that feel really nice again is something that we take a lot of pleasure out of.
0: Awesome. Next question. Is it narrative first when a new season is planned? Specifically for season five in this instance? Or do all departments kind of throw ideas around and see what lands and doesn't?
2: Mm, I think in my experience it's not narrative first. So of course at DICE the focus is gameplay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Making sure the gameplay experience is perfect is priority number one. And we come in to kind of pull things together. So here's an idea. This is what the feeling, this is what we want to introduce mm-hmm. in gameplay this season. And then we come in around that point and go and assist in providing the kind of tone of the feeling. Yeah. Of, of, the, of the season, sorry.
1: The, yeah, alongside gameplay, the, the other big consideration before we get to narrative is is theme you know, there's always a tone we want to hit and which leads to the gameplay inspiration. It leads to narrative inspiration. It leads to what sort of map we want to set a place in. And, you know, using season five at the example, we wanted, you know, a a big part of the theme was, was fine. How did we describe it? It was, it was looking for hope, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, reclaimed hope, I guess, as a way of looking at it. We wanted something that, you know, we wanted a a war torn setting that had regrown and been reborn in the aftermath of a long agrown, a long ago war. And you know, once we had narrowed in on that theme, then we could kind of parse that out into okay. Well, how does you know how do our story beats hit that? How do the the factions on the cosmetic side feed into that? And how can we kind of play with this theme on? On various levels and you know that's where you have the the collaboration across the departments that's where you have people on you know work with people on on maps work with people on the art side on cosmetics and try to figure out all the different ways that we can build out a story that fits into into that central theme
2: okay and there's of course considerations uh So, when we develop an arc, we share the arc with creative leads across yep. the team. so there always is the question: does this work with what you're producing and I don't think we've ever had the situation where we say no, and there isn't something done to make <laughs> to make it work for all of us. It's very collaborative, uh, but we no we aren't we aren't the <laughs> ones dictating <laughs> what happens each season
1: i mean what, what's what's always kind of fun, just to, to side tangent is what's kind of fun about about narrative in the space we get to play in is to what Michael just said. In most cases, we can make narrative rappers work. You know, there's, there's, you know, we might've had one location in, in our head when we wrote together, when we wrote up the, the initial pitch, but then it turns out, you know, either there's for whatever reason, we want to use this other location. It's like, okay, well then let's look back at what we've written and how do we adapt that? How do we pivot that to work with what's getting our team excited and getting them engaged? And you know it's being able to pivot on the fly like that just kind of opens up a lot of opportunities to to explore.
0: Awesome! I think there were. I think you probably covered Multiple questions <laughs> <laughs> with this one. So, um, next one then: Is it a conscious choice to bring in reappearing names and the like, such as Tombstone Squad, to help move the story forward while also connecting past storylines?
1: The re-inclusion of Tombstone Squad uh, was a very conscious choice. Um, A big part of... One of the things we wanted to play with on Season 5 was how do we, you know, what are the things that we, we loved about Battlefield 4? You know, what are things, you know, we looked at, like, you know, that came into play when looking at the map, that came into play when you know, looking at, like, the sort of story we wanted to tell for that map. And one of the things that uh, we wanted to push, I had mentioned earlier uh, having, like, specialists be focused on certain, for certain seasons or for certain uh, experiences. And, you know, we have these four specialists, and I'm like, well, we have a lovely list of squad names in you know when we deploy out on maps let's look at those and see what cool squad names we can pull from and start designating them to to teams in in our story and so tombstone seemed like a nice fit um thematically uh so yeah it was it, that was a conscious choice it wasn't we we didn't just idly pick that particular name
0: okay Next question. Does the team leave many things open to interpretation by choice for us as viewers to dig deeper and find ourselves to better build speculation and fan content?
2: Yes. Uh, we do leave them open. <laughs> that's the end of the... Qu- that's, that's our answer. Yeah, it's exactly. Over. Uh, yes. okay. Because part of the way we approach a multiplayer story is to have players work together kind of in as a gameplay experience to put together the package of a season. The story sits out there for three months. Uh, The details are spread across all our assets. Uh, And so we feel that the kind of the most interesting way to communicate it is to spread it out to everyone and have it
1: compiled by the players. Uh, When it comes, one of my favorite things is going on Reddit or on Discord, or on Twitter, and seeing theories. And it's, you know, we have the answers. We know where it's going, Mm. or mostly where it's going. And But it's fun to plant seeds that can take the player in different directions, because we don't know what's going to inspire them, or what's going to push them in one way or the other. And it's seeing the theories pop up also give us opportunity to kind of look at what we're telling and look at what they're engaging to and interacting with. And it becomes a bit of a, you know, there's a bit of a, a back and forth there where we can, you know, see what they're engaging with and, and playing with like, it's, it's a communal effort in, in, in that standpoint.
0: Okay. Uh, Next question: then. When did the team decide to move ahead five years from season four to five, and also why? It's your humble answering that question.
1: Yeah. So why did so? When did we decide to go? Once we, once we had figured out season five. Well, let me back up. We knew that season four would be the end of our first year story. That was always the plan from the get go. Was that we wanted to. Have that story wrapped up over the course of those four seasons, and so with that in mind, we started planning out what we wanted our story to be going forward and where we wanted what sort of journey we wanted to take the the notepads on in in the future content. and that was when we decided that was when we decided we wanted to do a time jump because, because it gave the chance to split characters up. And sorry, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just
2: going to jump in because the, the where does year one end? How does it resolve? And year one story is about this weather shaping tech. It goes really wrong. Uh, America tries to cover it up. Uh, and we learn what it is and what it can do. And so the question became at the end of year one, well, does Oz succeed or does he fail? Uh, and wouldn't it feel so pointless if we did all this effort and the tech fails and the world doesn't change, <laughs> uh, that would suck. Uh, so then the answer was, of course, it has to work. But then to implement it, it is a it 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 shapes the world, uh, and to shape the world, you need time as an ingredient. And I think that is also part of what led to the the discussion around how much time to move forward. How much can he change the world?
1: Yeah, it's you know a lot. A lot can happen in five years. And I think, you know, it gave us a, a chance to kind of, you know, start this next story on on its own legs, built on the foundation of of year one and with the chance to to grow and explore this this new world now that this this massive shift has happened within it. And, you know, a, lots of technologies can change in five years, which is nice. And that's all I'll say on that topic. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay, next question then. This is an interesting one. Is the Battlefield 4 Final Stand DLC canon? That is a good question. Joe? Um, <laughs> just immediately, well, like, that's a, I, drop it up.
1: <laughs> I am of the opinion that, you know, to a certain extent, everything is canon, except for the things that aren't. And what I will say on this particular subject is there is certainly something in season five that points to Final Stand essentially possibly being canon. But that's not to say we can say when Final Stand takes place.
0: Fair enough. answer. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a favorite character for both of you?
2: I do. I do. And it's definitely Blasco. And the reason for that is the creation of Blasco basically existed through all of year one. Um, We had our first thought about this character before we knew their identity at all as part of season two. Uh, We wanted to seed a character for a longer period of time. So Blasco.
1: The Admiral.
2: Yes. The Admiral was a title that was assigned to Blasco for a very long time before we knew much about them. Uh, And so they showed up. At the end of season one, leading into season two, when they cross over with the Exodus, they help them around Panama, uh, and so the, just the development of that character—it started with the title. She grew into someone who I felt was so compelling. We put so much effort into that character. Uh, it's just something about her that it's she's very effective. Uh, I like her background. We did a, it. It was just a ton of work, and it's kind of for me it was the culmination of my work on on twenty forty two. Uh, At least in year one. So it was, uh, yeah, I just have a special attachment to that character, I'd say.
1: Uh, I would say, narratively, my, my favorite would be Zane, just because I was so heavily involved in that particular character. And it was a really unique character to explore. And I'm also just... I'm a sucker for hero characters, and he's a very he's a very uh honor based and uh valor based character, and I just I just love writing those. And on the flip side, gameplay wise, I'm a Falcmane, uh <laughs> and I love playing as a medic, so that's that's my favorite there. Okay. I also love Crawford. Such great, such great gameplay lines. <laughs> I love that yeah. character. Phil, so did a, Phil did quite a job mm. on on Crawford.
0: Like oh he's sorry so guys good. you can only pick one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it <laughs> um, cool. So we next question we touched upon this previously already uh, when chatting with you. But as as a recap, is the full story planned ahead of time or do we adapt it over the course of the seasons?
2: Yeah, again we have our our pillars, our our points, our marks in the sand. Is that a term uh, that we want to hit? And then, kind of everything else as it comes in, we capture opportunities. So, who, where, who, where, when can change? I mm-hmm. think a lot of times, and even what, uh, but what is a little bit more firmly placed? We yeah. know where we're going, or we know where we want to go, uh, and then getting there is the journey in itself.
1: Yeah, it's about it's about having those those high level beats plotted out, and then you know reacting to the the fun chaos that is is live service and figuring out where we can adjust pivot or invent new awesome things along the way
2: yeah just catching opportunities yes like uh method number one what's interesting that's going on that we can tie to what we have (laughs) makes the whole thing so much better
0: Next question then. Are there any plans to update the specialist bios to fill players in what the notepads were up to between 2044 and
1: 2048? I mean, <laughs> never say never, right? I mean, I think that there is a vast opportunity to explore what happened in the years between between these, these two stories. Like there's we have 14 specialists and who knows what the hell they've been up to this this entire time and I think that you know I think that there's stuff that we can still play with and uh stay tuned for how we play with it
0: cool thank you
1: and also I just want to add for for those who enjoy the stuff that we put in like the bios uh we we may have a little surprise for you coming down the road. Just keep your eyes out.
0: Or ears. Or ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Again, an, another question that we touched upon slightly already, but maybe here again we can give a, a recap. Can you talk more about the narrative team's processes when dealing with a story this comprehensive?
1: Maximize the the number of avenues that we can spread the story out between <laughs> <laughs> yes and then document
2: document as well as possible i
1: mean track everything
2: <laughs> there is a lot of tribal knowledge in the narrative team at this point like the, the thing is we build so much that it it gets beyond the point where anyone can contain the whole story in their heads at all times, you know? Uh, So we have experts across seasons. I mentioned uh, earlier that there was a writer assigned to each season. Uh, Everyone reviews each other's work, so there is a lot of... Communal knowledge. The challenge becomes when there have been changes. <laughs> so, so, like we we were talking about doing something for a long time, uh, and then one of us goes, "Well, we we did that, right?" And it's like, "Oh no, 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 no! That never went out." Oh, okay, I'll pull that out. Uh, there's so much information like that. I don't think we've slipped up yet. I don't think yeah. we
1: have. My uh, something that I've that I push a lot, and I am a firm believer in this is because our story spans such a long time, is as much as we can just date everything. Yes. Like, up front, when we start figuring stuff out, have a date in mind. So, one, we can validate that initial date. And then two, so two years later, when we need to verify when something <laughs> happened, we know. Just because it's, it's, it's so vast with so many characters and factions and organizations. Like, it's... We, we need to just be mindful at the creation phase of when things are taking place and, you know, not just hope we'll figure it out later.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of reviewing content as well, in case we forget. When we want to bring something in, like I think I've watched the Exodus trailer We built about a, 800 times. We built
1: a timeline <laughs> yes, at one did. point because yeah. we had to. We yeah. were like, we need, we need to know. Like at some point we we're just trying to solve something and it's like, you know, it's time for a. Timeline task. Yeah, and
2: what year did Germany collapse?
1: This is I would, pop, need I would, I would need to. I want to say 20, 2035 with the EU. I think that's good.
0: Like I, I could be I'm, wrong. Now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty go to the excited. Like, files. Yeah, <laughs> and the, like the folks I'm, listening, I'm is about, like oh, they're wrong. Like I <laughs> I'm, know I'm it about ninety
1: percent sure the collapse <laughs> of the EU was in twenty thirty five, yeah. and I wait to be wrong on that. And I think looks silly. You could be right. <laughs> could be right. okay. Or we can just revise the canon live and just say this is what it takes. Place. Yeah, like the <laughs> yeah. d- <a> decision <laughs> hey, is made. Yeah, now. this is when it, yeah. is
2: when it it's happens. It's not like it's in the game
1: opener. <laughs> yeah, no, it, exactly. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, so, another question then. Um, will we ever see a lore section in game where, as an example, you could look through the player cards in chronological order? Is this something the team would be interested in?
1: That's a very fascinating question. And what I can say is there is a lot of there's a lot of interest internally over a a lower se- section and you know, never say
0: never. Never say never. Okay. I feel like I'm
2: having a Conversation with Charlie Crawford right now. He's just not giving out details. He's playing a very close. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm,
1: I'm keeping, keeping, keeping my cards. You (laughs) know, don't, don't want to give everything away all at once.
0: Um, another fun one then. Um, and I think this is the the question as well to wrap it up. Will we see more cameos from previous characters in the franchise, such as Battlefield Four, Battlefield Three, or elsewhere?
1: Uh, no comment. Well, actually, and now that's going to be pretty exciting.
0: That sounds super exciting. Yeah, can't believe we just shared all that. Yeah, were we supposed? To, were we allowed to share that? It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It is what it is. Um. Great. So I think that was a a nice set of questions and um, hopefully interesting for all the folks that that wanted to to hear a little bit more about what our teams are up to and like all the teasing (laughs) that both (laughs) both of you did. I don't Um, know what you're talking about. Yeah. So thank you again, um, Michael and Joe, for being here today. Is there any final thoughts or comments you would like to share before we uh, close off today?
2: I just want to reiterate my thanks to the community. I think reading just going through the engagement that we see online is just super it, it's super inspiring to see the amount of engagement and exciting excitement there is within the fans and I know it fills me with a lot of energy. So just thank you.
1: Yeah, we're we're very lucky to have this fan base that we do and you know we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you guys. So Thank you. Keep being awesome and keep looking for stuff. There's always there's always a little bit more hidden somewhere else.
0: <laughs> again, smirk. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. So, everybody, thank you again for listening today. Get in touch with us at hashtag Inside Battlefield on our social channels or at podcast at battlefield.com. And then lastly, from all of us here at our Battlefield studios, stay classy and PTFO. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye.